It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake Judge, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get an authentic Italian meal and speaking of St. Simon's join us for our next Billy C. Boxing event we're calling it our holiday party after the holidays no 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 no, no. I mean, let's make it easy let's call it our after the holiday holiday party. Yeah, 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 that's it. Our after the holiday holiday party is taking place January 19th. It's a Friday night at the Sea Palms Resort uh, in St. Simons. And here's the deal. You will be part of our live audience as Sal and myself record not one, not two, not three, but four more episodes uh, of our uh, Billy C boxing revisited and you're going to get to watch four classic fights there's going to be food for you there'll be a cash bar uh you get to rub elbows with some uh former world champions all that stuff is happening so make your plans right now and where would you rather be in the middle of january than beautiful saint simon's island bring your family there's pool there's golf there's everything i feel like a tourist uh guy you know trying to sell tourism but the truth of the matter is is be there uh or be square uh really join us if you need uh, some information just email me billy at talking boxing t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g dot com or just go to cpoms.com we want to see you there today's show is also being brought to you in part by my book tom molino from bondage the baddest man on the planet is available right now where all good books are sold you can get a copy of this right now while you're watching or listening to the show all you gots to do is go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com now uh if you're looking to get a signed copy by yours truly then uh just go to our website hey you want them for christmas you, today's your last day today's tuesday it's your last day i can guarantee to get it anywhere in the united states by christmas uh, but you got to place your order today. And the f- quickest way to do that is email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. And uh, by the way, since it's Christmas, I'll be giving you special pricing on that as well. Um, 
before we get started with today's show, uh, a bit of sad news uh, that I want to uh, express uh, our condolences. Uh, everyone that's involved with the Billy C. Boxing family uh, want to uh, our, express our condolences, um, our thoughts and prayers going out to uh, a personal friend of mine, a very important piece of this show. Uh, you guys know him as a Boxing Hall of Famer uh, and uh, the New Jersey Boxing Commissioner, uh, Larry Hazard. Uh, condolences, thoughts, and prayers go out to Larry and his family uh, on the loss of his uh, beautiful wife, Patricia. Uh, we uh, found out uh, officially yesterday, uh, but uh, during the night, uh, last, uh, the night before, so it would be Sunday night, uh, she passed. Uh, so uh, our thoughts and prayers and condolences goes out uh, to my man, man, Larry Hazard, uh, uh, a loss that I know that uh, uh, he's having a hard time with. And uh, we will uh, keep you posted on, on Larry. He's a tough guy. I'm sure he's going to rebound. But uh, any time uh, you have a loss uh, uh, as close as Larry just did, uh, it takes time. And, and unfortunately for Larry, the holidays uh, are here and uh, it makes it even harder. So uh, thoughts, prayers, condolences go out to my man uh, Larry Hazard on the loss of his wife Patricia. Um, coming up a little bit later, uh, Dax Khan is scheduled to join us to give his thoughts on the fights from the weekend. A lot of talk still going on about Billy Joe Saunders and his performance against David Lemieux. A lot of David Lemieux fans are, uh, uh, you know, stuck on the poor performance from David Lemieux. Uh, but I think that uh, Billy Joe Saunders deserves the, the accolades for a fantastic performance. But, uh, uh, you know, it's the old uh, half-full, half-empty uh, uh, situation here. Um, you know, I, I, I got some emails to read and, and stuff like that. But, you know, the main thing on my mind, I, you know, I can't help but think of some of the comments that have been made um, from... Uh, um, Camp Deontay Wilder concerning uh, a possible uh, showdown with, with AJ, Anthony Joshua, and also on the heels of Billy Joe Saunders' win over David Lemieux, who's a Golden Boy fighter. Uh, now there's some rumblings that Billy Joe Saunders will get a fast track to Canelo, and Canelo once again avoiding or ducking uh, the Triple G rematch. Um, I, you know, I, my question is... I, are the fights going to happen in 2018, or are we going to be dicked around and uh, uh, have them uh, uh, marinate, which they don't need? Joining me right now from St. Simons uh, to get his thoughts uh, is my man, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Sal, are they going to dick us around here? Are, are we going to get these two fights in 2018, or, or what? Or are we going to get one and not the other? I mean, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, those would be two beautiful fights set up right on a platter, ready to go. And uh, the Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder heavyweight championship, and uh, also the Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. I mean, those are two main fights that uh, were so big uh, to talk about towards the end of this year. One happening, which we did have the Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. Still think uh, Triple G won. And uh, these fights should take place without any incident, without any, without any trouble. And now we're going to see how they want to try to put a little uh, jam in the, in the gears here and uh, sidestep or do something else. I'd be very, very disappointed because 
2017, as we said, Bill, all along, has been such a great reboot year for boxing. And uh, we saw some of the best fighting the best. And it just lays the table out for some great fights to bloom and blossom and rematches for 2018. So we hopefully we'll keep the direction and a path uh, right in front of us where our eyes could see. And uh, the fighters will give the fight fans what they want. And the managers will do their job and the promoters will do their job and all will be great in Boxingville. But uh, that's how we want to write the story. But we'll see what happens. Now, these fights should should be first and foremost uh, signed, sealed, and now delivered. You know, it's typical for the sport of boxing, Sal, at least in the last couple of decades, to take two steps forward and three steps back. And, and I agree with you 100% about this year, 2017, uh, remarkable uh, uh, year for the sport. And, you know, we would hope and pray that it, it'll just pick up the ball, so to speak, and, and keep running. But there's a good chance that, that, you know, these two big fights, which everyone wants to see, are put off. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that, um, you know, uh, Billy Joe Saunders and Canelo is, is a good matchup. Um, but, I, you know, I want to see the rematch between Canelo and Triple G, or I'd rather see Triple G against Billy Joe Saunders, as you alluded to yesterday. I don't understand where Canelo fits in. You know, I, I don't really buy into that he's the biggest name in boxing as they try to promote him. I don't see that anymore. I see the biggest name in boxing right now is Anthony Joshua, and that's another fight. Deontay Wilder demanding 50%. What do you think? Well, 50%, like I said, I understand what he's trying to do. He's biting down because he's the champion. He holds a belt, and you know, or, or and he's, he's the one that he feels it's all about him. But reality is this. It's not all about him. You know what? Anthony Joshua is in the driver's seat with that fight, and Anthony Joshua having a majority of the belts. I mean, the guy, the guy is, is uh, just just that much of a star power over in Great Britain, but also he's carrying over here. And uh, I think I think Deontay Wilder has got to swallow a little bit of dose of humbleness and and uh, pride and realize, look at the big picture, Deontay. You're going to get the largest payday of your career, and you're going to get. You're gonna get some fair terms. You're not gonna get everything you want, but neither will Deontay, neither will uh, Anthony Joshua. So I think you know a good deal where where both sides feel they haven't really quite won, but they feel like they haven't quite lost either. But Anthony Joshua should be the one that has a lot of the say, and it should be in his backyard. The first fight. You know, I, I'm gonna say something that people are probably gonna disagree with me on, but if I am both Triple G and Anthony Joshua. I lay the, 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 basically lay the gauntlet, lay it on the table right now and say, listen, here's the deal. If we don't preliminarily get a contract in place to fight, and in Joshua Wilder's case, they could have a stipulation, okay, after, assuming we both win our next fights, it seems very close that Anthony Joshua will be fighting Joseph Parker early 2018, uh, that fight is uh, just about to be announced, um, you know. So and, and and we all know that Deontay Wilder is is uh, working on a fight with Luis Ortiz. Uh, so I mean, those two guys could could potentially get a contract in place 
you know, uh, if-then-else type of a thing. If they both win, then we could do uh, a matchup uh, else, go elsewhere. Um, I, I would demand, if I'm team uh, Anthony Joshua, to do that with, with Wilder. And if they don't, then forget about Deontay Wilder. Move on. Joshua doesn't need Wilder. Wilder's going to pound his chest, and he's going to say, oh, he's ducking me, he's ducking me. No, 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 no. Because we all know that it's about the money. And, you know, until Deontay Wilder, and quite frankly, even if Deontay Wilder beats Luis Ortiz, I don't think he's going to match the drawing power of AJ. Now, as far as Triple G and Canelo's concerned, I don't understand why Team Triple G hasn't already given them an ultimatum. Screw Canelo if I'm Triple G. If I'm Triple G, I go, I, I pick up the phone right now and call Billy Joe Saunders and try to work out a deal with him and his promoter and, and have the fight in England. Entice Billy Joe Saunders to hold the fight in his home court. Forget Canelo. You know what? The last thing we need in this sport right now, especially following the year like we had in 2017 and then kick off 2018, is to have fighters holding us, the fans, over a barrel, Sal. And Canelo Alvarez should not follow what Floyd Mayweather had done about waiting for opponents to age and waiting for all the, the ducks to be in a row, for him to have the, the easiest route, etc., etc. That's what ruined boxing. Hey, no offense to Floyd, but while Floyd was active for the last 10 years, boxing sucked. It was only when he so-called retired that everything comes back into focus. He retires, things go good. He comes back, we see him in McGregor. He retires, things go good. I mean, there's definitely a connection there. We don't need another guy like Floyd Mayweather. He's done, he's retired. He's moving on to better, bigger and better things. God bless him. We don't need a copycat, Sal. And I think that Canelo is going down that street. Well, you often have said that, and you know, whether he's being a prima donna or a little bit, I'll tell you why. Canelo Alvarez, good, good, solid fighter. I, I, I would not bet 100% that he can get past um, Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, the Billy Joe Saunders I saw the other night, Bill, impressed me, all right? Uh, yes, I was very disappointed because I'm a big David Lemieux fan. I was disappointed in Lemieux, but guess what? To the credit... Why was Lemieux such a shutdown was because he faced Billy Joe Saunders. And Billy Joe Saunders made Lemieux fight his fight. And uh, that's what nullified anything that was going to be a possibility or a realm of seeing uh, that, that, uh, that uh, we were going to have a, a great fight that did, did live up to the expectation because it certainly didn't because Billy Joe Saunders is that much of an accomplished boxer. I'd never realize it. And I would think that he could give Canelo Alvarez and even Triple G a run for their money, no no pun intended. I think it would be a heck of a opportunity, but uh, for Billy Joe Saunders. But I, I don't see I don't see Canelo Alvarez getting past the Billy Joe Saunders I saw the other night. You know, that's an interesting point because um, you know, Canelo Canelo, I don't know if he's really improved over his last couple of fights. I feel he improved immensely after the Floyd fight. When yes. he fought Floyd Mayweather, I mean, he's a different fighter now. But, you know, his one weakness that I've said a million times on this show has not been able to be corrected. And I'm not sure it could be. I'm not sure fighters can uh, hit effectively uh, on the move. Only, only the great ones can. You know, Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard, 
you know, fighters like that that can, you know, inflict some Tommy Hearns, inflict some serious damage on their opponents as they're moving, obviously Muhammad Ali. Um, but, uh, you know, Billy Joe Saunders is a, is a young strong fighter who can box and move. Now, he doesn't have that one-punch knockout power that Triple G has. So maybe Canelo feels that he could go toe-to-toe with him. But I I have a tendency to agree with you, Sal. I think that Billy Joe Saunders, at least the version we saw. Now, granted... The version. Let, let, well, wait a minute. Let, let's, let's just do what I was going to start to say is uh, let's make no mistake. Canelo is, is way more... Uh, you know, talented as far as boxing skill than David Lemieux. David Lemieux yes. is a one-trick pony. You know, he's a power guy. He hunts you. That's it. He, if anything, he moves his head. He, he might be a little harder to hit. But um, you know, I, but I could see, I could see them, meaning Golden Boy and Canelo, ducking the rematch with Triple G, leaving him hanging, and then uh, go for Billy Joe Saunders. If I'm Team Triple G, I got to look at Saunders right now. And and because I see, and you've said this before, I see one more fight for Triple G, either against Saunders or the rematch with Canelo. I, I, I don't know if he's got two more fights in him. You know, uh, I, I really don't. And if he does, those are the two guys. You know, so he goes out with his career fighting the best that he can, unlike some other fighters. So, I, you know, I, I don't like that Golden Boy is is maneuvering Canelo and hoping that Triple G ages. A, an older fighter needs to stay busy. I mean, don't you agree with that? 100%. Older fighter, you know, Father Time is on his heels, and he has to stay active. He's got to keep those limbs uh, fluid and, 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 and agile, and he's got to keep his, his coordination, his, his muscle tissue you know what happens when you when you lay off too long and you don't do what you got to do? And I, I'm sure Triple G is in the gym, and I'm sure Triple G never lets himself get that much out of shape. But still, the edge, the fire, sitting on the seat, the competition, everything else, you've got to keep that alive for, for a sustained period of time. And, you know, the, the drought periods in between are what could make it stale, make, it, make the joints uh, weaken, uh, the connective tissue to your ligaments and tendons all these things start to dissipate with their strength uh and atrophy you know that sets in so no he's got to stay active he's got to stay active he's got to keep those uh, those muscles in good shape and he's got to also keep his mind and his mentality and his and his desire his heart focused and and uh and like a like a sharpening a blade and uh so you know when you have the six six months of dulling the blade and then having to resharpen it again, it's it's hard. When you do it every three to four months, yeah, then you can be back in the saddle and feel you're back in your your uh, your territory, your comfort zone. But, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I thought that uh, Triple G should have insisted on terms and get that fight taken care of, that rematch, right away. Not not uh, not all the way out till uh, May, single than not mile. But that was my opinion. Well, yeah, but but I mean, listen, if they could have had it signed, sealed, and delivered, and I had heard rumors that it was 99% done, uh, I think uh, Billy Joe Saunders upset the apple cart uh, a little bit and, and has, you know, now uh, been able to, uh, you know, offer Team Canelo a, a, another fight, you know, a, another fight that doesn't have Triple G in it, you know? Um, yeah. 
you know, and and maybe they they think that they could beat Billy Joe Saunders. You know, I, I think Frank Warren, Billy Joe Saunders' promoter, who was sitting next to Joe DeGuardia at that fight, needs to open up the checkbook and, and reach out to Triple G right now and say, hey, come on over to England, you know, uh, maybe offer a, a, a split. See, that's where a split makes sense, Sal, because you got a guy like Triple G who really doesn't have the promotional power to, to, to put on the fights, but is certainly a draw, would not only draw fans, you know, uh, asses in seats, but would do well on a pay-per-view against Billy Joe Saunders. Maybe Frank Warren could manip, you know, kind of, I was going to use the word manipulate because that's kind of I know of, you yeah, were. And I that's kind, and, and, and that's kind of it, you know. But make a deal with, uh, with, with uh, Billy Joe Saunders' promoter um, should make a deal. Frank Warren should make a deal with, with uh, uh, Triple G, you know, and, and have the fight in England and, and screw Canelo. Hey, hold that thought, Sal. We, I want to talk more about that, but guess what? I, I, I got to take a break. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching The Billy C Show. Don't forget to join us um, January 19th. We're doing our next Billy C Boxing event. Uh, it'll be taking place at the Sea Palms Resort. So come on down. Be part of our live audience. We'll have some food for you and a cash bar. Uh, so uh, make your uh, reservations out. Go to cpalms.com for the number and all that info. Mention Billy C. You want to be there for the event. Uh, now, uh, if you need more info, just drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Uh, Sal, before we went to break, um, you know, I I just think that uh, that they're waiting too long. I mean, what was your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think they are waiting too long. You know, this this should have been something that was already, you know, talking about and, and, and uh, set, signed and, and done earlier. Uh, you're talking about the Canelo Alvarez and Triple G fight, and I think this this fight should should have taken place uh, before um, May 5th, if that's the date that they intended it to be on. I think uh, it should be probably in the first quarter of the year. I'd like to see it in February or March. That's it. That's the latest, you know. But what about think, but, uh, but what about um, having like uh, Warren Frank Warren, who's Billy Josana's promoter? reach out to Triple G and try to put together a unification fight uh, between Triple G and Billy Joe Saunders in England and offer Triple G a 50-50 split on all of the revenues that come in, you know, all of the, the profit uh, that comes in, considering they would have, uh, you know, pay-per-views here in the States, they would have pay-per-view uh, in England, and I'm sure that they can uh, have it in, in a huge venue. venue. Where uh, you know they can have uh, fifty, sixty thousand people in attendance. I mean, that's the only way financially. I think he could lure Triple G in there, and then I, I think that would send a powerful message to Canelo and Golden Boy to stop effing around. You know, I, but listen, 
the good fighters fight the big fights. I mean, it's that simple. Right. Why why do right. we have to uh, regress back into the Floyd Mayweather mindset of you know cherry picking and and you know making the most money for the least challenging fights? I mean, that's what screws up the sport of boxing. I get it. It's better for the fighter. I get it. You know, it's better for them. But don't we, as the fans who pay the purses, basically deserve? the better fights, and don't the the, the, the historical aspect, the, the forefathers, if you will, of the sport of boxing and the price that they paid, don't they deserve anything? I mean, to me, uh, this is where a 50-50 split makes financial sense. Well, I, I agree with you on that level. I think you're right, and uh, it should be. But, um, you know, it's, it, it's the game of boxing. You know, it's not the all always on the up where it should be i mean you got people that uh negotiate deals and do deals and shake hands and uh it's it's uh you know it's never all of what it should be or could be it's uh it's it you finagle you you sidestep you do this you do that you you uh you make things happen with different concessions in mind and you know finally you get around you sign the contracts and even those are those are uh subject to uh modifications as you get along closer to a fight date so you know it is what it is but i'll tell you what bill i would i'm gonna say this because i i would see and easily say that the billy joe saunders that i saw the other night i think he would give canelo alvarez all that he uh could bargain for and i would even have to say triple g is going to be at his premium and he's got to be at his best because Billy Joe Saunders I saw the other night was not the Billy Joe Saunders I saw fight Chris Eubank Jr. or William Monroe. Well, no. I mean, you know, Billy Joe Saunders, um, you know, had the fight of his career Saturday yeah, he night. Did. I mean, he did. No, he rose the occasion, like we say. Yeah. And uh, he did. So I would like to see Canelo Alvarez and Triple G have that rematch uh, before too long. I don't want to see anything interrupting that. That's the fight I want to see. And yes, a little selfish and let it be known. I want to see Triple G convincingly beat Canelo Alvarez because I thought he did win that fight, uh, the first fight. So then I think if, if Triple G has another fight in him, yeah, then unify, get all the belts with uh, with uh, Billy Joe Saunders. And that would be a heck of a way to just retire then if he can undefeated and walk away and let everybody else let the cards fall. Yeah, well... You know, that would um, be the storybook writing. It's not going to happen like that. And I think, I think now that Billy Joe Saunders did such a uh, exhibition, such a great performance, I think he's he's in that mix. And I think there's going to be some uh, shuffling of the papers and and rumblings, and uh, you you see what's going to happen uh, before May fifth with with that trio of fighters right there. Well. I mean, you know, Billy Joe Saunders clearly punched his ticket in, in, into the mix. And let's not forget Danny Jacobs. You know, I no. mean, we could make an argument, like I was saying in the chat room. Um, you know, you you could make a, a good argument that the two top middleweights aren't Triple G and Canelo. Uh, they, could, uh, they could very well be Billy Joe Saunders and Danny Jacobs, you know. Um, I mean, when you look at uh, the full skill set. I mean, listen, let's face it. Triple G is aging and although i don't think there's a better ring general in the sport of boxing uh in the last 25 years as triple g i mean there, there just isn't and, and and i i challenge someone to show me someone that controls 
his opponent better than Triple G. But we also can say that Triple G has clearly slowed down a step. He hasn't looked good in his last several fights, although the, uh, his fight with uh, Canelo, and I agree with you, he won that fight. He was robbed. Uh, and, and I say that because it was a close fight, but I do believe it should have been clearly a victory for him. Uh, but, you know, when you take a look at Danny Jacobs and Billy Joe Saunders, two big, big heavyweights. Big, I mean, big, uh, middleweights. Middleweight. They're and, huge. And, but the, here's the thing. They both can move. They're both they fleet both of move. foot. You know, so, I, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if both Triple G and Canelo. I mean, let me ask you this. If you're Canelo, would you rather fight? I mean, let, let's be real. You know, if they're trying to avoid Triple G, I mean, would you want to avoid Triple G more than Billy Joe Saunders? I mean, based on Billy Joe Saunders' uh, um, uh, performance the other night, the only advantage that Canelo has over Billy Joe Saunders is that Billy Joe Saunders doesn't have as much punching power as Triple G. But I think that, that Canelo is going to benefit from the rematch more than Triple G. I, I don't know. If I'm Canelo, I'm not so sure I want to race into the ring against Billy Joe Saunders. What do you think? No, exactly what I was trying to get across. I think Billy Joe Saunders is, is going to be the kryptonite for a couple fighters out there. It's not going to be a walk in the park by no means. And again, Triple G and Canelo Alvarez, here's guys that they got in the, on the dance floor in the past. They are familiar with each other. Each one of those fighters are going to capitalize and try to offset and, and look at those fights, uh, the fight they had with each other prior to the rematch. And they're going to say, hey, well, I'm going to do this differently or I could do this more effectively and I'm going to have to capitalize on what was working for me that night. And that's what they do. That's what you do when you when you have a fighter that you're going to uh, uh, go back in the ring with. You know, you learn and you from the prior fight that you had with them. And you, you do things that, that are going to be uh, something that you will be uh, making a statement or, or, or more effectively, uh, convincingly trying to beat, beat a guy. So I think they're familiar with each other. And I'll tell you what right now, Canelo Alvarez, I will always say this and see this. He's good. He's solid. He's, he's a great fighter. I don't think he's got that multi-dimensional kind of ability like you said to punch while you move and do other things and that's why i'm saying styles make fights the billy joe saunders i saw the other night is a style that i don't think canelo alvarez could could really best i really don't think he could i think the style i saw the other night from billy joe saunders would definitely if he carries that same style same fight into the ring with canelo alvarez He's going to move around Canelo Alvarez, hit him, and he's, let me tell you something, I think that southpaw style and that jab, that trip hammer, and those combinations, that in, that out, uh, on, a, on a slower Canelo Alvarez, uh, uh, I think would be trouble, and spell trouble for Canelo Alvarez. Uh, that's, my, that's my thought right there. Well, I, I, I agree with the fact that, you know, to be honest with you, um, Canelo can't, he's not a ring general. He doesn't no, cut not. the That's ring off. Saying. I mean, yeah, he doesn't cut the ring off as effectively as, like, Triple G. You know? do it better than David Lemieux. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I think Billy Joe Saunders would probably rather fight Canelo than Triple G. I think yeah, Triple I think G, so. you know, I, the thing we don't know is, you know, what, what, kind of, what, what kind of beard Billy Joe Saunders has. Because David Lemieux didn't test it. He didn't land yeah. anything flush. 
You know, and we know that David Lemieux has the punching power, but he didn't land anything flush. That's for sure. You know, yeah. so, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I, my, my question is this. Do you think Triple G Canelo 2 will happen in 2018, specifically May? Yes, I do. I do, because right now, this is the whole fallout from a great performance. And that we just saw with David Lemieux and uh, Billy Joe Saunders. This is the residual. This is the fallout. This is the after the fight. Uh, the rumors, the talk, the the wishes, the the stimulated words that are going to be creating. You know, like I said, remember what I said. Uh, the media no longer really reports the news. They help stimulate and create it. So this is why we're talking about this thing, the disruption of the apple cart, if you will, and everything else. So the bottom line is, I think in my heart of hearts, the rematch between Canelo Alvarez and Triple G will take place in 2018. And uh, I think, you know, right now we're talking all about the fluff, but I think they're going to have to deliver the stuff. And that fight should definitely be uh, right in front of us. And if it doesn't happen sooner, it's going to happen by May 5th, May, May 5th. I feel that. Well, I agree. I, I, I hope that it happens. So uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, the question really now uh, is going to be uh, simply this. Um, is Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, going to take place in 2018? Hold that thought. Uh, we'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Now back to Talking Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. Don't forget to be with us on January 19th down in beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia at the Sea Palms Resort. Make your plans now. We'll be showing not one, not two, not three, but four classic fights. And you get to be part of our live audience as Sal and I record and film our next four episodes of Billy C's Boxing Revisited. Uh, there will be food for you. Uh, we'll have some uh, celebrity guests there for you to uh, rub elbows with and chat with. And we'll have a cash bar. And we'll be invading Sal's restaurant. So come on down for the weekend. It's Friday, January 19th. Visit cpoms.com and uh, tell them Billy C sent you and you want to be there for the Billy C event. Or just drop me an email, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And uh, don't forget, one other thing I want to mention. Um, we uh, are doing a live show today and tomorrow. Then we're going to be off for the holidays until Tuesday, January 2nd. Now, as per you guys have been busting my you-know-whats about those Christmas cards we did, uh, yesterday we played one. Today we'll play another one. 
Uh, the 12 Days of Christmas is what I'm going to play. We'll play it after the show um, as we close out. No Batman from Sal. Instead, we'll play the Christmas tunes. But speaking of Sal, hey, Sal, what do you, what, what do you have, wardrobe uh, people over there? What are you, changing your outfits? <laughs> what is going on? I noticed that. Of course I noticed that. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here. And I have a, uh, you know, your camera shot that, that I have, you know, has the other uh, outfit you had on. What, what, after every break, you're changing your outfits? I mean, what are, what, what are you? Uh, are you uh, Maya Carey or something? I mean, come on, man. <laughs> well, you know, Bill, I'll tell you why. It was cold over the last couple of days, what they call cold. It was down in the uh, 30s or 40s <laughs> at nighttime. And, and um, you know, last night... Uh, we had a warming uh, experience here, and, and now it's like uh, 70s, 80s, or whatever. And, and so my long sleeve shirt, I noticed that uh, I was very warm. The thermostat in my house uh, was reading 76 degrees, so I had to just – I was like the Hulk peeling off that shirt. I ripped buttons and ripped everything, and I said, let me get back downstairs and grab my one of my Sal's shirts and his short sleeves, and, and I, I put, it, put it literally uh, – yes, the wardrobe had it ready for me. That's what happened. Well, I tell you right now, you, you're saying it's been chilly by you in the 30s. Um, today, it's going to finally get into double digits here. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I can't take it. I'm freezing. Yesterday, I was in the studio, you know, and it's not like I don't have a heat in here. You know, in, in the studio, I'm, I'm bundled up in a sweatshirt yesterday. At least today, I, you know, I only have two shirts on. But uh, uh, anyway, the, the big question I got a bunch of emails to read. The big question uh, I have right now is, you know, uh, the the fight that we really want. I mean, yes, we, we all want to see Triple G and Canelo's rematch. We, and now we'd like to see Billy Joe Saunders against Triple G or even Billy Joe Saunders against, um, you know, Danny Jacobs. But, but, but the main fight, you know, my fight of the year was Anthony Joshua against Vladimir Klitschko. I say that not only because it was an exciting fight, but the, you know... Uh, the ramifications that that fight had on the sport itself, you know, as goes the heavyweight division, so goes boxing. So to me, that was the uh, fight of the year. Uh, and with that said, the next fight that we want to see is AJ against Deontay Wilder. My question is, do you think that fight will happen in 2018? Or are they going to basically jerk us around and stretch it out to 2019 if, if they even fight? I mean, what do you think? I think it's going to happen in 2018. I really do. Uh, I don't know exactly when. I'd like to see it uh, within the first quarter or the mid 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 part of the year. Uh, we may have to wait a year. I, I don't see that there's going to be any real uh, a big major heavyweight championship bout other than these two warriors getting in the ring. And if it doesn't happen... I bet we could point the fingers and look that it's going to be Deontay Wilder's camp that's not going to allow this fight to to happen for the fans. Uh, because I think that Anthony Joshua would be willing to fight Deontay Wilder, and the smart bet would be to have it in the U.K. and to maximize the, the live gate and the uh, uh, pay-per-views and to have a fair settlement with the, with the, all the negotiating uh, terms and conditions that uh, should be done, whether it's a split 50-50, 60-40, whatever they can negotiate and see, I think that's going to be the, the, the wrench in a mix that's going to not allow the fight to, to happen as readily or as quickly as we'd like to see it. And I think that will be the Deontay Wilder's camp feeling that they deserve 
fifty percent or more uh, of the gate and everything else. And uh, so that's the only wrench in the mix that I could see that happening. Yeah, well, I I still think that Deontay Wilder, um, you know, his team is is trying to protect him uh, because they know that he's going to be exposed. I, you know, he doesn't have one name on his resume that that you know um, that he could really use as a, as a backup to show that he he is the best, like he claims, pounding his chest, you know. Um, I would even wouldn't mind. Listen, Luis Ortiz, that fight should have been made a couple of years ago. Ortiz clearly didn't look himself. Uh, looked slow, looked old. I don't think Deontay's going to have trouble with him, but at least there will be all. a name on Not his resume, and I will give him credit if he blows him out. A guy I'd kind of like to see him fight is Dominic Brazil, to be honest with you, Sal. Well, I, I think Dominic Brazil, although I think he'll be dangerous, I think he'll have uh, his moments. I'll tell you what, Bill, and, and I know you don't always agree with me on this, but whether you like him or not, I think Deontay Wilder is going to be a tough guy for a lot of these guys to beat. I think if we see Deontay Wilder rise to the occasion, be at his best, uh, I don't think Dominic Brazil is going to get past Deontay Wilder, and I don't think that uh, Ortiz is going to get past Deontay Wilder. And uh, so I, I think if those fights do occur, Deontay Wilder will look better, will look good, and will defeat both of those guys pretty handily. That's my opinion. Well, <laughs> it just sounded like... <laughs> I do. No, no, but, no. You, I, I, we come, have, on, come on, let's hear a but. No, 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 but. I, I, I just... Uh, if and? I have, I, have, uh, I have all this snow on the roof, and it just uh, <laughs> slid off, and it sounded like... Uh, uh, it sounded like a truck just ran through my my building here, but uh, make sure did it go out, uh, Jake. <laughs> well, we'll Sorry, see. Bill. Unless a bird threw, uh, flew through the window again, you know they drink they they eat these. They, uh, drink, they eat well, the seeds. No, they eat these berries. Yeah, they, uh, they, the truth of the matter is, I is the birds. High. They do. These birds get these berries from the uh, cedar trees. They see the berries, and when it gets cold, they ferment. And then they eat these berries, and they're 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 shit faced, you know. And uh, they fly into the window. They see the reflection of the tree, and they think it's the woods or something. I don't know. Yeah, they eat to see the berries. They gotta see the building. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, anyway, let's read some emails. I personally do not think the uh, um, Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder fight will take place uh, in 2018. I, I just have a feeling. That Wilder's camp is going to uh, uh, pussyfoot around, and and uh, you know AJ is not going to wait. He's just going to keep going. I, I mean, you know, he's going to uh, now. Pavetkin is in the mix, so you know AJ's actually got other options. Um, you know, uh, Wilder, he's got Ortiz. You know, he's got Brazil. Those are two two guys. Ortiz is a good fight. We'll see what happens. Uh, this email is from Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I couldn't watch much of David Lemieux versus Billy Joe Saunders because it was hard to see David look so awful. Are you sure this isn't from Sal Rocky Senecola? This, 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 exactly what I said. Yeah. I love this email already because that's exactly what I felt and said. Go he ahead. says, uh, there were no jabs, no head movement, no cutting Nothing. off the ring, no combos. I disagree that Billy Joe is the best of the middleweights. Yeah, he's not a consistent puncher uh, against Triple G, Canelo, and Jacobs. who will have to do more than that. Um 
I would say, yeah, he is a consistent pitcher. But anyway, uh, I think Jacobs uh, should be next, if in, if not Charlo, Andre, Hugo, Centano, or Rosado. I think Oscar should get rid of David. Uh, he's not uh, uh, going to be made into a champ. Um, who's next for who? Uh, Charlo, Andre, uh, Hugo, Centano, or Gabe Rosado for, for who? For Billy Joe Saunders? I mean... Those guys, those guys need to fight each other. They they don't deserve a fast track to no. any of the names. No. Listen, we're, the top four middleweights right now, whether you want to agree with it or not, in order is Triple G, Billy Joe Saunders, Canelo Alvarez, and Daniel Jacobs. And you can make the argument that Danny Jacobs is higher than number four. Those are the top four middleweights. I mean, do you do you see anything different than that, Sal? No, you just said it right on the table. That's 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 a round table right there. They could all have the same meal, and boy, I'll tell you what, the action and the fights between any one of those four fighters would be stellar for us to see. And uh, you could make you can make uh, the different fights and different setups between those four opponents, and uh, we'll be we'll be drooling and happy to see those fights. Um. His next comments, good win for uh, UV, UV, Ulysses Jr. He should face Antonio Orozco, Ismail Barrasso, uh, Felix Diaz, Josh Taylor, or uh, Yigit next. Um, he certainly looked good against a, uh, a, an opponent that <laughs> um, is just a one-dimensional guy in, in uh, Selden, so. Uh, he says, I disagree, Mick, uh, Mikey Garcia, facing Lipinitz because it should be a successful win from uh, Garcia. Lipinitz is not experienced. Are you surprised his team and Lipinitz took the fight? But I do see it as him proving he's a champ. Anything can happen, though. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I think it's the other way around. I think that Lipinitz... Uh, took the fight with Mikey Garcia because he could make more money. I mean, Garcia's in the driver's seat. The title doesn't mean anything. Lipinitz has the title, but it means nothing. Lipinitz wasn't going to make as much money fighting anyone else as he will Garcia. It's all about the money, uh, Jess. Uh, he says, good win for John Molina, but uh, him jumping to wanting to face the winner of Rios Garcia uh, is not good. He just loses versus those guys. I need to saw see more. Maybe against Catterall, uh, Rancis Bartholomew, or Indongo. I'd like to see him fight Indongo, to be honest with you. Uh, he says, I, I read Bivol versus Barrera and Kovalev versus uh, McLaughlin. Uh, I don't get the Kovalev fight. Bivol is in a tough fight. Hopefully they don't rush him like Fernando Vargas, but Bivol is a champ, so he must fight other top guys. I, I, think, uh, I think they're trying to avoid... Uh, I think Bivol is uh, making uh, um, Kovalev nervous. I think Team Kovalev is avoiding uh, Bivol at all costs. I do agree that it seems like they're rushing him a bit. I At times, I believe he's a bit overrated. Um, I haven't seen much from him uh, in his uh, short career, but he, he does seem um, that he's got some pop. I, I don't know. I can't make a comment on that, but... Uh, uh, but Barrera against him would be a good uh, good test, at least for us to see what we really got with Dimitri Bivol. He says, what's your thoughts on Joe Fournier? Well, um, he was 8-0. Uh, and uh, His last fight was over a year ago, and he was supposed to be suspended until 2020 due, due, into a, due to a failed drug test. But that, I guess, only mattered in England because uh, Joe Fournier... 
uh, fought uh, over the weekend and fought in the Dominican Republic. He fought uh, Wilbur Memeja uh, for a, uh, a belt and won. So now he's 9-0 and with nine knockouts. Um, you know, it's an interesting story on this guy. He's a multimillionaire. And he decided to, he's sort of like Sal. He's a multimillionaire and decided to turn uh, pro. And, uh, you know, his style is very aggressive. Um, It's going to be interesting to see. But I I can't stand when fighters, you know, get in trouble one place and then they run to another, Sal. What's your thoughts? No, you know that. You know, I don't like that either. And, uh, no, you got to make your stand and and choose your craft and then stick to the the blinders and – make it happen you know like i said like i always say you only have a few short years to make or break in the sport of boxing and you know to not try to live the life the clean life and do what you have to do and cross your t's dot your i's for a very short period of time out of your whole entire life you gotta sacrifice for three to five years um if you're blessed with good health and great opportunities maybe more but uh you know during that time that should be what you're going to do and how you're going to map out your career uh, and have the opportunities that you got to jump on and take when they're available. Uh, that should be your whole goal behind turning professional because you're not going to be guaranteed tomorrow. Um, we got another email. Hey, this one's from uh, my man Mitch. He says, uh, you're 100% correct. I'm just listened to the show. If Triple G gets strung along during negotiations, he should double up uh, and negotiate with Saunders while Golden Boy plays him for a fool. Uh, he's talking about yesterday's show. I was saying that, and I and I uh, agree with him and myself. Uh, he says, uh, I'll bet the check he gets from the U.K. fight when it's all said and done would be equal to or more than a rematch with Canelo, minus the Vegas politics and payola. Um, you know, we've been talking about that extensively today, and uh, I, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement. I, I think that, you know, I know Frank Warren doesn't want to open up his checkbook, but here is a case where a purse, uh, where a profit split makes sense um, for Billy Joe Saunders and Triple G. He says also uh, Joshua versus Wilder uh, will happen in 2019 if it happens at all, whether it has to do with Povetkin or not. Uh, it was always going to be like this. Um that's another great point we've been talking great about point. today, Sal. Um, you know, I, I I agree with Mitch. I, I don't know if the fight's going to happen in 2018. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Deontay Wilder doesn't ever fight Anthony Joshua and then turns it around and claims that A.J. ducked him. That, that's the way I see it unfolding. Well, you're already right. And, and, and we've heard uh, rumors to that effect from Deontay Wilder's camp, that it's all Anthony Joshua that's not willing to sit down, not willing to do this, and not willing to choose the right dance for these guys to uh, move along. Uh, and do I believe that? No. There's rhetoric. There's there's uh, my side, your side, and the truth. And I think a lot of it has to do with the Deontay Wilder side of what they're willing to accept and negotiate and not just Anthony Joshua. Because I think Anthony Joshua's side and their camp, they know that Deontay Wilder needs them more than uh, Deontay Wilder. Uh, I mean, than Anthony Joshua needs Deontay Wilder. Well, I mean, that's obvious, I think. Uh, 
Um, well, it I, is. I think that's what, that's what I'm saying. I think they should be uh, standing some ground and, you know, make it sweet enough for Deontay Wilder. But in the end, what you're going to hear from Deontay Wilder's camp is that the, uh, Anthony Joshua does not want to sit down and negotiate and do things. And they're going to blame it that it's Anthony Joshua putting off the fight, not uh, not because he doesn't want to fight uh, Deontay Wilder, but because of the terms and things that are going to be uh, available that Anthony Joshua deservingly could maybe call more of the shots than, than Deontay Wilder. The funny thing is, is Deontay Wilder's never made $2 million yet. Well, that is the funny thing. He hasn't here's, made... Here's he, a version of a heavyweight champion not even making $2 million. That, what does that say about your star power, pal? Well, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is Anthony Joshua can fight me and you back-to-back and make twenty million in England. What what does he need Deontay Wilder for? And 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 if Deontay Wilder, you know, uh, can people don't even know him in 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 Brooklyn where he claims it's a second home. People don't even know, they don't even know who he is. You know how how do you how do you demand a fifty fifty split? That's just like saying, you know, a hey, I'll fight you know I'll I'll fight uh, uh, Deontay Wilder right now. And then, you know, demand a billion dollars and they're not going to fight. So it's like me saying, well, you know, uh, he's 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 backing away. He's scared of me. He doesn't want to fight me. No, he doesn't want to pay a billion dollars to fight me. You know, that's the whole part of the story, you know. And, uh, you know, he doesn't. Listen, I I think seven million and the U.S. television rights, which was an offer that they uh, turned down. I I thought that that he should have scapped that up. And uh, even if he loses. He becomes a multi-million dollar fighter every time out. I, you see, this is where he's stupid and he's he's listening to con men. The guys that are in Deontay Wilder's ears are con men. They got him thinking that he's going to make this big boatload of money in one shot. And $7 million plus U.S. TV rights is a boatload of money. But the more important part of that is he becomes, he's, he's in a win-win situation. Because, he, because not only... Does he become uh, the the undisputed world champ should he win? But even in a loss, the guy's pay rises drastically. He'll never fight for less than $2 million again, you know, ever, even if he loses. That's the part of the business that, you know, these guys don't understand. Deontay doesn't understand. All his people around him, they understand. They're taking advantage of him, Sal. Well, they sure are, and... You know, Deontay Wilder should be pleased. I like what you said about the original contract offer where he got $7 million, got the, the, the rights to the uh, pay-per-views and all that. You know, screw that. The heck with that. He should put a blatant, uh, just right out there, simple. Hey, here's $10 million. We'll fight you for $10 million. And then let all that minutia with the contracts and the work come out to be the proceeds that uh, Anthony Joshua could could uh, could allocate for himself. But give Deontay Wilder $10 million. Here you go. Boom. I'll take everything above and beyond that. And uh, in a rematch, we have a clause. We go to the U.S. We fight in Vegas. We fight in Brooklyn, wherever you want to fight, the Garden. And uh, we can have more of a split if you beat me, something like that. I mean, you got to give some incentives. You got to give something and a rematch clause. I think a lot of that could be taken care of. But meanwhile... You know, you get this fight coming on. You tell Deontay Wilder, we're, we're going to give you $10 million, and uh, and that's it. I think that, that's that's how many how many other opponents are there out there for Deontay Wilder to make $10 million? Come on, guys. Well, that's, that's the whole thing. You know, Anthony Joshua can fight the same opponents Deontay is in England and make $20 million. 
Deontay's got to fight them all, destroy them in one or two rounds, and, you know, make a million. Uh, It's still a hell of a lot of money, but but listen. Yes, it is, but Billy, you know, $10 million, uh, I mean, whatever happens at the end of that fight, if you're smart with everything, you could almost just say, hey, I I I can go on to another career. I don't. I can retire. I can do this. They won't because, like I said, it's almost a, it's almost a guarantee for Deontay Wilder to, to put into his pocket twenty million dollars. You get ten million dollars the first fight. You have a rematch clause in there, and you're gonna do well uh, with the negotiations for the second fight, the rematch. So you know where else are you gonna make twenty million dollars in one year or ten year uh, or, or a couple of years? I mean, do you see my point? You yeah. got to get $20 million. He's got to fight 10 fights at the rate he's going now. Well, that's what I'm saying. You want two fights? What do you want? Two, 10 fights. I know. I, know. I mean, do the math. Hey, speaking of asking uh, for did. too much money, a big fight right now uh, would be Terrence Crawford against the WBO welterweight champ, Jeff Horn. Now, I was talking about this last week. Jeff Horn has been made the mandatory title challenger for. Uh, I mean, Terrence Crawford has been made the mandatory title challenger for Jeff Horn, uh, who just, you know, he had won his title beating Manny Pacquiao. He just defended it. And uh, so now they're, they're, you know, trying to put together a, uh, uh, a, a, a fight, which eventually will go to purse bid if they don't come up with a deal. Um, you know, they, uh, Team Horn is saying that they're not going to fight Terrence Crawford for less than $4 million. I don't know if they can do that. Uh, I don't know if they'll get that. But here's the thing. You know, Jeff Horn has uh, a promoter. I know that uh, Top Rank is co-promoter of him, uh, as well as the promoter of Terrence Crawford. You know, if they have the fight in Australia, maybe they could get Jeff Horn more money. But, you know, I think somebody better whisper into Team Horn's ear, Sal, and tell him that when you get a mandatory that's ordered by the sanctioning body. You either come up with a deal or it goes to purse bid. That purse bid could be substantially lower than what they're asking or even what's being offered. And then they get stripped. So, I I mean, you know, again, greed factor, he may be shooting himself in the foot. Well, I think you're right there. And and I want to know whatever happened to the rumors of the rematch between Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn. Um, But I, I think Jeff Horn... Although he rose to the occasion, and I saw how everyone could think that he he beat Manny Pacquiao that night, uh, and he did land some good shots, I thought he had Manny's number that night. I don't know if he would in a rematch. Uh, He probably could. He probably would. Uh, But I don't think Jeff Horn is a world beater. I don't think he's going to get past every uh, welterweight out there. So uh, I think he should look a gift horse in the mouth and uh, say, hey, let's fight. Let's do this. Let's do that. And uh, not not be so greedy and looking at what the purse is going to be. Well, greed, boxing, and it's the word. I mean, it, it equates to that. Well, I mean, it's it's, a, it's been that way since this first contract was signed. It's with, synonymous with, greed and boxing, and that's what ruins the sport. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Dax Khan is scheduled to join us. Get his thoughts on uh, uh, Billy Joe Saunders and and our topics today. Um, also, just a reminder. Uh, programming note, we will be doing a, a live show tomorrow, but that's going to be our last show of 2017. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday, January 2nd. And 
I just want to tell everybody, you know, the truth of the matter is, is you're going to see some differences by the time we're back. Uh, specifically, some of our simulcasts, like the Facebook uh, 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 option that people have, the, the camera feed will be better. Uh, we got uh, several new segments we're going to be unveiling in 2018. Uh, so it's not like we've been sitting on our butts doing nothing. Uh, we are uh, expanding the show and it just keeps getting better and better. And uh, I hope you guys uh, take the time that when we're off of the holidays to go back and maybe watch some shows that uh, uh, you may have missed or go way back and watch some older shows and see how much changes we have made. Uh, there's uh, a lot of uh, shows available up on YouTube. Um, and, and I have, you know, we'll be entering our 15th year. I have all the shows we've ever done except for the first couple that were classics. I wish Jeremy uh, could dig them up somewhere. Um, but, uh, you know, we're thinking about putting them all together on a DVD of some kind, at least the audio, and, uh, and getting them out there if anybody's interested. But uh, uh, anyway, um, just some stuff that's heading down the pike for uh, 2018. Listen, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, Dax Khan is scheduled to join us, and I will get his thoughts uh, on the fights from uh, this past weekend. Don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an Excellence in Broadcasting Award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. By morning. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where... Back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget to be with us on January 19th down in St. Simons Island in Georgia. We're doing another Billy C boxing event, and uh, we want you to be part of our live audience. We're going to show not one, not two, not three, but four classic fights that you can watch and enjoy. Uh, we'll be giving you some food. There'll be a cash bar available, some celebs to rub elbows with, and uh, all the while, having a grand old time. Bring the wife, bring the kids, bring all your cousins and bruncles and whoever, and uh, enjoy yourself with Sal and myself. Uh, just go to cpoms.com, tell them uh, you're coming for the Billy C event on January 19th, or just drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, and I'll give you the info. Don't forget about my book. Hey, you want the book for Christmas, you better order it today. Otherwise, you may not get it in time for the fat guy in the red suit dropping down your chimney. Joining us right now, all the way from, well, he's in New York, is my man Dax Khan. What's up, Dax? How you doing? I'm doing okay. How you doing? How you doing? I'm, I had to throw in the doing part since you're saying Bronco. I figure you're living in the sticks a little too long, Bill. <laughs> no, no. That's, you know, sometimes in some of these small towns, Dax, you could be your own father. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Hey, uh, maybe we better move on. Hey, 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 Dax. Uh, 
Billy Joe Saunders, I'm curious to see if you're going to agree with us, but Billy Joe Saunders, I thought, looked phenomenal uh, on Saturday night. Now, granted, David Lemieux, I mean, you could you could say he just looked terrible, but it was up to David Lemieux to make Billy Joe In my opinion, it was up to David Lemieux to make Billy Joe Saunders do what David Lemieux wanted. Instead, Billy Joe Saunders did what he wanted. What was your thoughts on the fight? Billy Joe Saunders is a guy, you know, you like him, you don't like him. I was a big Billy Joe Saunders fan before the Eubank fight. I would actually liked Saunders over Eubank because of Saunders' uh, style. You know, at that point in time, Eubank was the more brash and cocky one, and Billy Joe Saunders was more low-key. Um, you know, but, you know, that seemed to kind of change around. But, you know, like him, don't like him, you can't deny he can fight. He's the complete package. I won't go as far as HBO and compare him to Muhammad Ali, which HBO, of course, they always have to go overboard. But, you know, he, he showed fluid footwork. Um, you know, he boxed beautifully. He boxed behind the jab. And, yes, he totally shut David Lemieux down. You have to give him credit. He's 100%, maybe even 200% improved since the Andy Lee fight. This was the best I've ever seen Billy Joe Saunders look. Um, you know, I thought the the chance for Lemieux in this fight was going to be come out there and catch Billy Joe Saunders early before Saunders was able to get on his bike and, and use that ring because we know David Lemieux was not exactly fleet of foot and David Lemieux has that history of gassing out late but he was never even able to get into the fight I won't say that Billy Joe Saunders is going to beat Triple G. I'm not going to say he's going to lose to Triple G either. But, you know, at right now, against Triple G or against Canelo, Billy Joe Saunders is even money and maybe even a little bit favored uh, considering Triple G's last couple performances. Uh, Lemieux, you know, Marty Mulcahy brought up something on social media that made me think a second. You know, David Lemieux's only 28 years old, and Marty says it seems like he's been around forever, and it does. Has David Lemieux reached his potential? More than likely, uh, is he on the downside? I don't know. Was David Lemieux ever really that good, other than a big puncher? We don't know. Is is the best behind him? You know, as for Saunders, to me, from here on out, he's more or less like a Joe Calzacchi or my all-time favorite, you know, Lennox Lewis. Where in the beginning of their careers, you really didn't like them, but as they went on and they proved themselves time again and got better as the opposition level rose you, you begin to really appreciate what they have and the little things like the the, the arrogance uh, sometimes the bragging you learn to put that aside and appreciate them as a fighter so let's see what happened uh, is next for Billy Joe Saunders what I don't like and I'm not going to do and what seems to be the trend in boxing after we see a great performance like this all of a sudden you're declared the next greatest thing all of a sudden you know, uh, Billy Joe Saunders is the modern day Carlos Monzon, Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard all in one um, you know, but, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, in boxing. What's good today can always be changed with one punch next week. And But one of the beauties about boxing, Bill Salas, we get to sit back and watch a fight his career unfold. And right now, because of the trend Billy Joe Saunders is on and how he's improving, it's going to be very interesting to see where Billy Joe Saunders goes from here. You know, um, I, I, I tell you, I, I, I like what you said when you said getting better because I, I think – you know, sometimes it takes the right dance partner to elevate uh, a, a fighter. Well, what is this, syn synchronized coffee drinking with you two? Jesus. <laughs> you know, I, they both take a sip. Oh, oh go, Billy C's talking. Let's, 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 let's take a sip of coffee. Let's throw down an egg sandwich. Maybe Sal's going to change his outfit again, Sal, uh, Dax. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, one thing, one thing that definitely happened in the fight uh, on Saturday was that David Lemieux? Now, now I happen to have a connection with David Lemieux's early career, and you know he you're, you're hit it on the head. He's only he's only in his late twenties, but he was hand fed so many easy fights. 
he, he became a legend in his own mind. And I think that that was pretty much um, apparent in the corner. He didn't listen to his corner, Dax, at all. His corner kept telling him, cut off the ring, work the body. He didn't do it. And, you know, he could have contributed to making Billy Joe Saunders uh, look as good as, as he did. And conversely, Billy Joe Saunders did listen to his corner. He did follow directions. Uh, I think that that's important that a fighter listen to his corner. Did, did you notice that during the fight? Yes, uh, they were. They were telling uh, Lemieux, punch anywhere, but punch towards the body, the chest. Focus on there because we know in boxing, at least if you punch towards the center of the chest, it doesn't matter where you you know, where you hit, at least you're going to hit, you're going to hit something, you're, you're going to get something accomplished. And hopefully during that time, you'll be able to figure out a rhythm. Maybe you'll be able to figure out the other guy's timing, but any, at least you're hitting something. And you're not swinging for air. And David Lemieux, he just started head hunting and, uh, and you have to contribute that to being frustrated from what Billy Joe Saunders was doing. So again, that's something that is, is a plus in Billy Joe Saunders favor. He's able to go and take a guy and frustrate him. Uh, you know, a guy who's a former world champion, whether or not, uh, you know, his skill set is complete. He's still a guy who has fought the upper echelon, and Billy Joe Saunders made him look totally ordinary. And that's that shows that Billy Joe Saunders is just evolving as a fighter. Well, you know, um, I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see if he does fight a Triple G. It'll be interesting to see because where David Lemieux failed miserably on Saturday with his inability to cut the ring off, we know Triple G will do that. Now, whether Triple G can pull the trigger anymore the way he used to you know that's yet to be seen but um i think that billy joe saunders like you said you know has elevated uh his standing so to speak and like we were talking about earlier on the show dax forget about triple g and canelo i'd love to see him take on daniel jacobs i think that that would be a really good fight putting two big middleweights against each other both guys with hand speed and great footwork Jacob seems to have more pop behind his punch, but it would be interesting to see uh, how Billy Joe Saunders goes against him. He just finished uh, fighting a, a heavy-handed puncher in David Lemieux and prevented Lemieux from landing anything solid. So I kind of like that fight, uh, Daniel Jacobs against Billy Joe Saunders. And you know something? Daniel Jacobs just finished doing the same thing, fighting a heavy-handed fighter and shutting him down. And Luis Arias might even be a more complete fighter than David Lemieux is, even though he uh, hasn't reached that level in terms of exposure and winning a, a title belt. So it would absolutely be a good fight. And again, see, that's exactly what I was referring to on how in boxing, all of a sudden, one win and one win and solid performance, people are pushing other guys to the side because two weeks ago, if you were to ask the same question, who is the second best uh, middleweight or, or at worst the third best middleweight in the world right now? And I guarantee Daniel Jacobs' name would have came out of 95% of the people that you spoke to. But now because after this, all of a sudden Daniel Jacobs is the forgotten guy. You know, that, that's how boxing is and that's why I stress, you know, it only takes one punch in the sport and all of a sudden things are forgotten. So right now, you know, this win makes the middleweight division so very interesting because because we got four guys there that are all very good, and really each guy has a certain quality about him that's capable of beating the other guy, and none of those matches are or would be mismatched, and none of those you could actually sit there and say to yourself, I definitely think this guy is going to win. In fact, you'd be able to find more reasons why one guy would beat the other than you could find for one guy to uh, lose to the other. No, I, I agree 100%. Those four uh, middleweights have just really upped the ante in the middleweight division. Speaking of middleweight, Sal... Before you yeah. take a sip, 
I want to ask you a question. You know, Coach just uh, shook my memory a little bit. And, uh, you know, you've been talking pretty highly of Billy Joe Saunders, right? I mean, Dax has given him some great reviews. I gave him some great reviews. And you think he's a pretty good fighter, right? I think he's a pretty good fighter. I don't like him. Uh, well, I, I, we're not I, asking I, you I personally. Like him, I, I respect him and I appreciate his style. And I think he's a very talented fighter, more and so he, than I ever thought. And you agree with Dax and myself that clearly he's in the top four middleweights in the world today, right? Yeah, I, I, he, what he showed me the other night, yes, I will put him in the top four what I saw. Like I said, you're only as good as your last fight. Well, if that was his performance that I saw, tell you what, I think he belongs in that mix right now, the top four, top five middleweights. Hey, Dax, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Sal one of the guys that were making fun of poor Billy Joe Saunders about needing 18 months to prepare for uh, Triple G? Yes, I did. I admit it. <laughs> And I was too. You know, Billy Joe really, again, and that's why I stress we can't, you know, jump on. We have to just put it into the moment and take what we've seen on Saturday and say this is what we have, and he's definitely one of the four best. But, you know, prior to then, again, a lot of people were just sitting there saying, you know what, his two best wins were a majority decision and a split decision. Um, he Maybe he kind of got a little bit of a nod where he shouldn't have, so... You know, let, let's just see what happens and appreciate it. That's the beauty of the sport. Appreciate what's going on at the moment and let's see what's happened. Let's not overly build up something. Give a guy credit. Don't give him too much credit. And that's what we have right here. And we have four fighters right there. It doesn't matter who matches up against who. They're all very good matchup. It actually, you know, one of those things where you would say if they were a little bit younger, you'd like to see like, you know, a little mini tournament between them. Um, hey, Dax, I, I'm sure you... you uh, on Saturday night, I'm sure you were feeling a little, uh, there was a little voice in your head going, I told them so, I told everyone so. And of course, I'm referring to uh, the Hebrew Hammer getting just totally outclassed in that fight. After his last fight, people were putting him up on a pedestal, uh, and he finally meets a guy that had some movement, and Ulysses Jr., is no world beater. I mean, he looked great against Seldom. And remember, Steve Claggett, who's been on this show, and I'm not knocking Steve Claggett at all, but he's the one who beat Ulysses uh, Jr. What was your thoughts on that fight? Well, first of all, he didn't really beat Ulysses Jr. He got the decision from over Ulysses Jr. He didn't beat him. Um, you know, he was just the guy that they felt was a little bit more marketable, so to speak. Uh, but, uh, you know, Ulysses, you have to take him seriously. He's shown several times now that, you know, you, you put your guy in there, your prospect in there against him, and he's going to be the spoiler, except he also has those abilities uh, to take it to that next level. Uh, you know, he's, his skill set is beyond prospect level. We've seen this against Zachary Ochoa uh, earlier in the year. He's definitely a complete fighter. He has the footwork. Um, uh, he can jab. He knows, he knows how to work off the ropes. As far as Selden goes, I like Cletus Selden, don't get me wrong, but again, that's where I talk about how people go overboard. You know, Selden, uh, you know, he's a guy who does great in, over down in, at the Paramount. He does great in Long Island. He does great to bring in those local fans. We stress all the time how boxing needs more club shows. That's the back, It used to be the backbone of the sport, and a guy like Selden draws people into those club shows. Uh, you know, his promoter, uh, using recycled opponents that Chris Algieri beat three, four, and five years ago, you know, that's that's not good. You know, that's not how you're going to make a fighter better. Uh, you know, if, they're, if they're, um, their idea was to ever make Cletus Selden better, his promoter and his team have done him no favors, not only by uh, using these same recycled opponents, but they've never seemed to fix any flaws. There was a time in that fight where it was uh, so one-sided 
I actually felt bad for Selden. It was just so one-sided, and Ulysse was dominating him so much. It, it, it was sad to see. I actually think that Ulysse could have gotten a knockout if he wanted to. I don't know why his corner was saying things that they were about you're not making the fans happy. I don't know why that referee had actually stopped the fight and asked him, oh, what do you want to fight? Ulysse was boxing beautifully. And Cletus Selden was just, you know, overmatched. Don't blame Ulysse. This was his his big chance on, on, a, on a major card in his home country, and he was putting on a show. He wasn't running. He was boxing beautifully. Um, Selden, my opinion from here on out, go back to the Paramount. Be a big fish in a small pond. There's nothing wrong with that. Boxing needs more of those. It's when you oversell a guy and they fail so miserably like this, that's how all of a sudden a fighter becomes, uh, you know, that's how come fans get so angry. That's how a fighter becomes a hype job and so on, because they were never that good in the first place. But one thing you have to say, even though it's a cliche, Selden, he has a huge heart. The guy never stopped punching. He never uh, stopped going for it. He, even up to that final bell, he was hoping that one big punch, unlike a lot of big names uh, over the last two years who have quit on their stool when they were not taking the beating that Cletus Selden was, and they uh, had a whole lot more to lose than Cletus Selden did by going in there and taking a beating. So, you know, Cletus Selden, he's a fighter at heart, but you know something? He's he's a local fighter. Nothing wrong with that. And every now and then, you know something? He does good where he is. Cletus Selden can get put on the undercard of a big event. He can make himself a little bit of a payday, and he can keep himself, you know, revolving. I like the kid. I like the big fish in a little pond uh, scenario, and I agree with Finality. you. We need more of that. Um, one thing I, I wanted to ask real quick was uh, a point that you just made. And I thought the referee did the right thing. Um, and, Sal, I'm wondering if, if you thought so uh, as well. When they both what, – what was happening was Ulysses wanted exactly what Selden was doing, coming at him so he could pick him off as he came in and, and utilize his hand speed and his punching accuracy. I get it. And he didn't want to fall into the brawl. Um, but then, you know, on the other hand – Selden listened to his corner, even though they, they were the worst. Pete Brodsky was awful in that fight. Didn't tell the kid anything. But the, the one thing. The problem is he's been listening to them since the start of his career. Right. Well, but but the, 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 the issue that I'm talking about is that he finally wasn't going to chase him around because he didn't even have the ability to cut the ring off. And he waited. He was like, okay, you come to me. And Ulysses didn't bite for that. The referee said, are you guys going to fight or not? I thought that that was the right thing. Somebody has to make the move. When when do you make the move? I mean, who was at fault there, Sal? Well, you know, it, it's it's like, uh, you know, uh, Duran and Leonard, too. Uh, you know, Duran was uh, frustrated because Sugar Ray was doing everything he could to bewilder him and, and hit him, run, move, and and uh, Duran just threw up his hands and no moss. We all know what that resulted in. And I think Selden was was trying to not emulate, but just just say, "Hey, I'm here. Uh, where are you going? Uh, come and see me." I don't think it was really uh, with the same result or same effect. But uh, I understand what was going on, and the referee stepping in, saying, "Hey, guys, what are you doing? This is a show. Are you going to fight or what?" Uh, I have no problem with the referee doing that. I, I, I clearly, think, clearly no comparison. I, I hear you there, no, but that's no, no, my no, point. No, my no point was, but what I'm saying is, Selden was was trying to make that stand, like, hey, you're running, you're fighting, come back in here and and come to me. Yeah, but my and, my, uh, my that's point, what you're trying to do. There is no comparison. Don't no. ever think I was even going there no, for but, an analogy. But my point, Dax, was simple. 
Kalidi uh, Selden didn't have the ability to cut the ring off. Yeah, and 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 he couldn't. He, that's all he could do was was hope that Ulysses was going to come to him, and and try and exchange, which eventually he did, as per the instruction of his corner. I, I was shocked to hear when we talked about this yesterday. I was shocked to hear his corner, Ulysses Junior. Corner, say, "Hey, the fans aren't happy. You're going to have to exchange a little more." I mean, why would you do that? I mean, that's so ridiculous. The last thing he wanted to do was get caught by a guy that had one shot at winning, and that's landing a lucky punch. I thought that that was ridiculous uh, advice. What did you think? Exactly, and that's my point. You know, it's Selden. We, we speak about this, and again, this is things that we'll go back and forth about depending on who the fighters are. You know, if you can't manage to cut that, you know, if Selden knew how to cut off a ring, if he knew how to work behind his jab, he could have made Ulysse uh, fight, stand there and trade. It's not as though uh, the guy was running from him and scared the fight. He was just outboxing him. He was outclassing him. He was, he was toying with him. If you ever watch Rocky 1, and watch the first fight with Rocky and Apollo Creed. Then watch uh, Selden in this fight. Selden moves his head just like Rocky did. Even when he falls, he falls like Rocky did. You know, his corner should have told him, stay down, stay down in that third round. The only thing uh, Ulysse didn't do was knock him out. And I think he could have. But, you know, Ulysse wanted to go out there. And as you stated, he didn't want to take a chance and get caught with a big punch. Nothing wrong with that. And maybe, you know, you have to kind of question the corner of Ulysse for sitting there saying, you know, wanting him to take that chance. Maybe you got to question them. In boxing, we've seen it happen many times. Uh, a fight I want to talk about before we uh, uh, we get done. We've seen it happen in this fight, and we've seen a sensational knockout because the guy went in there and um, one he tried to do a little showboating, and then he tried to go in there and fight when he shouldn't have, and he ended up on his back and out. Dax, um, we got to go, but before we go, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on today's two topic questions. Do you think that? Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder will take place in 2018? Yes. I think they're running out of opponents, both guys. Uh, they, they really have nobody left uh, you know, to fight that's uh, viable that the fans want to see. At this point in time, for either one of them to fight anybody else, the, you know, you'd have to criticize Joshua as much as you would have to criticize Wilder for saying, you know what, you're not fighting the absolute best. They're the two absolute best in that division, and the fight needs to happen. If it doesn't happen, it's a shame to the fans. I don't want to hear, well, uh, he's only offering this. I don't want to hear, uh, well, the terms should be here. I want the fight here. You know what, just just do it. You know, just, just get the fight made, get the fight done, declare who was the best heavyweight in the division, uh, let there be a boss, let there become a pecking order, and then finally get that division, which... Because Vladimir Klitschko was so dominant and he uh, so easily handled his opponent, that division went stale. Uh, we had a little bit of excitement thinking the division was going to liven up, and then we, you know, then this type of situation happens. We have a Luis Ortiz situation. So, you know, that fight has to happen in 2018 for the betterment, not only of both their careers, but that division. Speaking of, do you remember, you know, today, two years ago today, you speak about Luis Ortiz earlier. We were sitting there watching Luis Ortiz knock out Brian Jennings, and we were saying to ourselves, you know what, I think this guy might be the number one fellow in division um in two years from now and like i said you know look how much boxing changes in just a fight or two well it's unfortunate that he aged two more years before he's getting that shot that was uh, you know what dax that was arguably his best performance Yes, it, arguably it was his best performance, considering Brian Jennings was just coming off a decision loss to Vladimir Klitschko, where he looked very good. So arguably it was his best performance. Yeah, no doubt. Dax, thanks for coming on, and uh, we will uh, be looking for. Well, geez, actually, well, if you have some time tomorrow, if you have any uh, 
thoughts on your uh, favorite fights of 2017, that would be great because it's our last show of uh, this year. So uh, try and put a couple of those together and, uh, and join us tomorrow. Yeah, we'll do that. You know, actually, uh, in my head, I have a list. We'll actually do that. And just like I said before I left, the PBC card, I think that was the best card of the year. And that John John Molina and Ivan Redcatch fight is definitely a fight for a category for fight fight of the year. That was an awesome fight. I know. Picking up at the end, you know, uh, 2017, one of the final fights of the year could squeak in as uh, one of the top five fights of the year. It was a good one. It was definitely good. John Molina always puts on a good fight. I'm sorry. John Molina always puts on a good fight. And again, he's not a guy that's ever going to be world champion, but he's the type of guy that makes you want to watch him, makes you love boxing. He's the type of guy that says, you know something? This is what fighters do. John Molina is that type of guy. So Even, win or lose, you're never disappointed in him. He's like Antonio DeMarco. Never count him out. You know? Absolutely, yes. Dax, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, everybody. Enjoy your day. That's Take Dax Khan. You can check him out up on uh, BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, as, as we're uh, wrapping up the year here, Sal, um, on this day, uh, and, and like I had said, we're going to uh, play the, uh, the next uh, Christmas uh, card. This next one was uh, the 12 Days of Christmas from back in 2009. Um, but first, on this day in boxing history, December 19th in 1981, Dwight Braxton knocks out Matthew Saad Muhammad in the 10th round to win the WBC light heavyweight title, and that took place in Atlantic City, New Jersey. On this day in 1995, Shinji Takahara wins a 12-round decision over Jorge Castro uh, to win the WBA world middleweight title that took place in Japan. On this day in 1941, and remember this name, especially for tomorrow, and you'll see what I mean, but Sammy Angot wins a 15-round decision over Lou Jenkins to unify the world lightweight title, and that took place at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Uh, and on this day in 1924, Cannonball Martin, what a great boxing name that is, right, Sal? Cannonball Martin <laughs> wins a 15-round decision over Abe Goldstein uh, to win the world bantamweight title, and that also... Uh, took place at the uh, Garden in New York City. On this day in 1927, Frenchie Bellinger wins a 12-round decision over Ernie Jarvis uh, to win the vacant World Flyweight title took place in Toronto. On this day in 1990, Ronaldo Pascua knocks out Chiquita Gonzalez in the sixth round to win the WBC Junior Flyweight title, and that took place in California. And on this day, uh, December 19th in 1913, one of my favorite all-time fighters and one of the best ever, Jack Johnson, retained his world heavyweight title after fighting to a 10-round draw with battling Jim Johnson. It was the Battle of the Johnsons. Yeah, you can call me Johnson. <laughs> you can call me Ray. You can call, uh, call in me Paris, too. France on this day in 1913. <laughs> hey, man, that concludes our show for today. Don't forget, we are doing a live show tomorrow but that'll be the last show of the year so sal i'm gonna leave everybody I, we'll, we'll do our normal thing you're not do, no put put it down you're not doing you're not doing the batman thing because we're gonna play our christmas tune uh just to keep all the 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 masses uh, quiet but uh hey boys and girls ladies and gentlemen and children's of all ages make sure you tune in tomorrow morning same bat time same bat channel until then uh i'm gonna uh leave you with this well it's that time of year again it's christmas 
And last year we had some fun giving you the talking boxing with Billy C's version of Twas the Night Before Christmas. And uh, thanks to my good friend, Mark Muller, he told me I should do a new one every single year. So thanks, Mark, for, uh, you know, giving me more work to do. But uh, we decided to uh, come up with another one, and I did. And uh, what I'm going to do right now is uh, the talking boxing with Billy C's version of The Twelve Days of Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me my very own subscription to Talking Boxing with Billy C. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two boxing gloves and my very own subscription to Talking Boxing with Billy C. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three competent judges, two boxing gloves, and my very own subscription to Talking Boxing with Billy C. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Four ringside seats, three competent judges, two boxing gloves, and my very own subscription to Talking Boxing with Billy C. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five solid gold boxing glove chains, four ringside seats, three competent judges, two boxing gloves, and my very own subscription to Talking Boxing with Billy C. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Six sexy ring cut girls, five solid gold boxing glove chains, four ringside seats, three competent judges, two boxing gloves, and my very own subscription to Talking Boxing with Billy C. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seventh Southpaws swinging, six sexy ring cut girls. Five solid gold boxing glove chains, four ringside seats, three competent judges, two boxing gloves, and my very own subscription to Talking Box with Billy C. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight one-punch knockouts, seven southpaws swinging, six sexy wrinkle girls, Five solid gold boxing glove chains, four ringside seats, three competent judges, two boxing gloves, and my very own subscription to Talking Boxing with Billy C. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine ice-cold scotches, eight one-punch knockouts, seven southpaws swinging, six sexy ring-cut girls, Five solid gold boxing glove chains, four ringside seats, three competent judges, two boxing gloves, and my very own subscription to Talking Boxing with Billy C. On the 10th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 10 promoters who actually promote nine ice cold scotches, eight one punch knockouts, seven southpaws swinging, six sexy ring cut girls. Five solid gold boxing glove chains, four ringside seats, three competent judges, two boxing gloves, and my very own subscription to Talking Boxing with Billy C. On the 11th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 11 fighters who fight anybody. 10 promoters who actually promote 9 ice cold scotches, 8 one punch knockouts, 7 southpaws swinging, 6 sexy ring cut girls. Five solid gold boxing glove chains, four ringside seats, three competent judges, two boxing gloves, and my very own subscription to Talking Boxing with Billy C. 
on the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me twelve more major affiliates, eleven fighters who fight anybody, ten promoters who actually promote, nine ice cold scotches, eight one punch knockouts, seven southpaws swinging, six sexy ring car girls. Five solid gold boxing glove change for ringside seats, three competent judges, two boxing gloves, and my very own subscription to Talking Boxing with Billy C. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody, from all of us at the Talking Boxing with Billy C. radio show. <laughs>